We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Dynasty Cast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our friends over at the Blue Wire Network. Week 17, week 17, most of your, it should be all of your championships, or the kids call, in the books. Tonight, I am joined by the one, the only, Dan Seno. How did championship weekend treat you, my friend? Well, I've definitely had better years, but I've also had worse. Uh, again, one of the few years where I didn't have a dynasty title. Uh, I had a couple of best ball wins, but I mean, who cares? Uh, but yeah, uh, three second places in, in dynasty leagues. Each and every one of them came down to Nick Chubb. And obviously he did really well. So that, that went good for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was a it was a tough one. I I know uh, in at least one league you had a similar outcome. Yep, I uh, I did have uh, Nick Chubb and most of my team in the Kadoosh Dynasty League, the one that I brought up last week. Um, I did not take take home my namesake. I did not win the Kadoosh Dynasty League. It, it was heartbreaking. Um, did win my home league, so redraft you know redraft Nathan over here. Um, and, and a couple of dynasties, best balls, those, those type of things. But no one cares about how many championships we won. But a player that won many people championships down the stretch, especially in redraft leagues as a waiver wire pickup, Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny has put on the boosters as of late in his last four weeks, 26.8, 6.4, 19.5, and 32.5 in week 17 championship week against the Detroit 
Lions. Now, basically, like Russell and I, we I feel like we we try and hold on to players as long as possible. I think we even had given up on Rashad. <laughs> like I'm I'm sure that he and I have Rashad Penny on a couple rosters, but we had given up any sort of like he was like okay that guy's never going to do anything for us. Is there a chance that Rashad Penny exists past Week 17, 2021? Uh, I I do believe so. So th- the story of Rashad Penny, obviously pretty highly sought after coming out, uh, drafted relatively high. Who I I mean I, I, there's quotes around the the interwebs of me saying he was the best pure runner in his class, which I still to this day believe was true and 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 factual. And obviously we're seeing kind of you know a, a little signs of of what could have been he's just has has not been healthy he either hasn't been healthy or hasn't been up to par or chris carson's been healthy or the team was in a different direction whatever you want to call it the nothing's really gone in his favor until this last month or so so over the last four weeks and he's averaging like 22 points a game uh obviously not playing against the stiffest of competition but they can only play against who they play so i, I do believe rashad penny has some life beyond this year's fantasy playoffs. Uh, I still think that Chris Carson, however long he lasts with Seattle is, is going to have a role assuming he stays healthy because if there's anything that it seems like the entire NFC West is very good at, it's not having healthy running backs. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, I do believe that Penny can take a one, a role, whether it's in Seattle or in, on a different squad, He's, he's not as much of a pass catcher as I would like. He, he just doesn't really do it. He never really did it in school either. But as far as a, a pure runner, uh, I mean, he's, he's kind of like a, a Derrick Henry light, if you will. Just we need to see the volume and the consistency. But he's got the ability between the tackles for sure. Yeah, with with Penny, he is an incoming free agent. Obviously, he didn't get his option picked up for his fifth-year option. And uh, Chris Carson, he is on a he has one more year left on his deal. Six million dollars cap hit, three million dollars in dead cap. So they're not going to you know just throw away three million dollars to cut Chris Carson. So I could very easily see Rashad Penny finding like a one B type role, maybe a, a two A type role in an offense. So I, I'm, I'm not sure that, like, before, before this conversation, I was kind of just assuming Penny would stay, but he's a free agent. So I actually kind of think that it's more likely he ends up leaving or, you know, taking a cheap deal with Seattle. Yeah, I, and I think, honestly, the most likely outcome is a cheap deal with Seattle. Now that they've actually been able to see what he can do, obviously they see him in practice, they see him, you know, through training camp and whatnot, but he hasn't been healthy. And, and it's just, that's not going to help your value in any sort of way. So uh, I, I do see a, a short term or at least a, a cheap kind of stay at home deal for Rashad Penny. We'll see what the future holds for, like I said, for Chris Carson beyond this, this coming season. But uh, I think there's a, a pretty good chance that, that we see Rashad Penny to continue to score points. Uh, I am of, of the unfortunate group that drafted him all over the place, cut him after like two or three seasons. Uh, and now, picked him up from free agency in a couple of leagues when Chris Carson got hurt. Then he got hurt. Then I cut him again. And here we are. Now I'm Rashad Pennyless and, uh, and Pennyless in Seattle, I suppose. So it's a, it's a good way to end the season.
Yeah, and one kind of interesting landing spot that I just kind of thought of off the top of my head, uh, Rashad Penny, San Diego State. Los Angeles Chargers, I, I think that he could be an interesting two behind Eckler. They've kind of seen that their, you know, their twos are not anything outstanding in, in, in Los Angeles. So I think that would be an interesting spot for him. Um, but, yeah, we'll see where he ends up landing. Um, the Seattle offense in general we'll talk about now, which it's kind of in flux, or it might not be in flux. Like, there's a good chance that next year, and in my opinion at least, there's a good chance that the week one starting lineup is Russell Wilson at quarterback, Chris Carson at running back, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett at wide receiver, which that wouldn't be moving and shaking of the offense. But there's, of course, the the, the New York Giants rumors of them trying to make a big splash. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, we'll talk about in a little bit, you know, trying to go after a veteran quarterback. You know my 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 stance on pro- projecting or, or predicting NFL transactions. I'll believe a Russell Wilson trade when I see it. Um, I just don't see an NFL uh, NFL team just getting letting that letting him go outside of some sort of king's ransom package. You know, we we've seen very few like traded quarterbacks. So, like Jay Cutler is really the biggest one in our you know relative lifetimes. So. Do you think that the Russell Wilson to Giants, Russell Wilson, uh, you know, being traded, I think that's a legitimate possibility. And how are you factoring that into your Metcalf, Lockett, Carson, to an extent, evaluations? So, I mean, anything's possible. Obviously, dealing with the contracts are uh, the biggest issue in all of these things. It's, It's probably the main reason Kirk Cousins hasn't been moved is just because his contract is impossible. Uh, but uh, technically speaking, Seattle has an uh, quote unquote finger quotes out after this season with Russell Wilson. Uh, and I believe if I'm not mistaken, I'm no cap expert, but I believe uh, any trade that would be made would allow kind of the same things as whether if they were to cut him, which obviously they're not going to cut him. It's Russell Wilson. But I, I think the only way he either asks for a trade or agrees to a trade, because again, I would assume he has a no trade clause would be to a legit contender. Uh, we may see the end of Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. I could see Russell Wilson there with their plethora of weapons uh, and good enough defense where, honestly, Big Ben was probably holding them back over the last couple of years, and they genuinely could have been title contenders because of their weapons, because of their defense. I, I think Russell could slot in nicely there. Obviously, with Ben's money coming off the books, they could take on a Russell Wilson deal. And, and everything could kind of just be a, a happy marriage there, depending on, you know, what, what else happens. But uh, I like, you know, kind of like how you said, I think Russell most likely is a Seattle Seahawk come the first snap of 2022. But it, it's a lot. There's a, there's a lot of moving parts. You know, Tyler Lockett has a pretty long and not great contract that Seattle gave him. I think he signed until he's like 35 or something. Uh, and there was at one point in time, like the doctor told him he got hit one more time. He could die or something. <laughs> Do you remember those? <laughs> not to, not to yeah, laugh so you, at. Yeah. Laugh yeah at no, that, yeah, that was, that was a uh, moment in time. I, I believe, I believe that was around the time where I made a trade and we did a podcast on it. I traded Tyler Lockett for Brashad Perriman. So I think that, that one worked out really well for me. Very good deal. Honestly, one of your better ones. Um <laughs> <laughs> And uh, DK Metcalf uh, only uh, signed through 2022. Obviously, uh, I would assume that they'll grab his his fifth year option. Uh, he doesn't have fifth year option. Oh, that's right. He was he wasn't a first rounder. He was a second rounder. 
So yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, 20, I mean but, but in all reality, the fifth year option is also just known as the franchise tag. Like, right. <laughs> so Metcalf's not leaving Seattle anytime soon. Well, uh, I mean, if 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 Russell's gone, Metcalf could just be like, "Hey, this is it for me." Right, you know, but it's not his choice. Him, it's not his choice. <laughs> he's unrestricted after twenty twenty two. Right, but you can get tagged all you want on the unrestricted. Like, <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I suppose yeah, twenty 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 two could be kind of the end of an era for Seattle. That could be uh, the full rebuild. Got full gusto. Everything's gone. Um, by but, Pete, by Russell, by DK, by Tyler, you're all gone. <laughs> it, it very, I mean, it very well could be. They got to start at some point, right? So why not just rip it all down, gain gain as many draft picks as you possibly can, and go from there. So I I have a I have a tough time evaluating everyone in Seattle right now because there's as much as there's not a ton of uncertainty right now there's a lot of potential for moving parts here. So I think the only real solid is that Russell Wilson is still going to be a good quarterback, whether he's a Seattle Seahawk or a New York Giant or a Pittsburgh Steeler or a Denver Bronco, all, all of Falcon. these Atlanta, Atlanta Falcon. All, there's, it's still Russell Wilson. That's not going to change. Wherever he goes, he's going to have enough weapons. And even if he doesn't, he's always been able to make do with with very limited things around him. And obviously now with DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett, he's, he's a little under, you know, kind of got a little more luxury items in the purse, but um, I still think DK is up there in kind of that top five to eight wide receivers. Um, you know, the, the young influx now with, with your Jamar chases and your waddles and, and these guys, and you still have to have like Devonte Adams up there as well. Tyreek Hill. So it's it's gotten a little tighter at the top. There's there's a lot more depth at the top, but I still think that DK is without a doubt one of the top uh, wide receivers in the NFL, and and that's that's also true for for dynasty league. So I think for the most part, I'm holding all of my Seahawks except for maybe trying to get out of any Lockett shares. But you can't really get much for Lockett right now. Like like what are you gonna get like a mid second? But something's probably better than nothing. Uh, also, if Russell's gone. Lockett's value plummets because I don't think he is he is quarterback proof. Sure, but if Will, if Wilson's gone, Lockett's on the trade block too. I, I don't know who's going to take on that sure. contract, but I, I I think that if Wilson's gone, Lockett might be shortly thereafter. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I think it could be a complete tear down here in in the next couple of years. So um, it might be a decent time to buy Russell Wilson after what was a pretty slow year for him. Uh, that that passing offense didn't really seem to gain traction really at all throughout the year. And uh, it could be a nice time to buy most of these guys. I'm, I'm probably still fading Chris Carson, even though when he's on the field, he's, he's a high-end RB2, low-end RB1 for the most part. But uh, his value is never really there. And the only you know constants, like I said before, is pretty much Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf. Uh, I wouldn't hate having some some cheap shares of Rashad Penny if he's still cheap, if he's still cheap. But I'm probably selling my lockets and my Carsons even even for less than than face value because I'd rather get something over nothing. Yeah, and my my takeaway from the any sort of Wilson trader rumors, murmurs, whatever it might be, if that's going to lower the price of DK Metcalf into like being like a late first startup, late uh, early second startup, like I'll take that discount. So my name my name call that a discount, but I will take that discount on the value, maybe a two and a half first type value on DK Metcalf because. 
I think that, you know, outside of like Mitchell Trubisky being the, the Seahawks quarterback in 2022, I think Metcalf will be just fine. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to a player who has been red hot, um, a death knell for team draft capital. It is one Amon Raw St. Brown, the fourth round pick, who is playing like a first round pick. Amon Ross St. Brown, I know you were a fan of his, Dan. Uh, what have you thought of his last few weeks? Well, you know, kind of a lot like Rashad Denny. He's just kind of been on fire over the last month or, or month and a half, give or take. Uh, pretty quiet to start the year. Not necessarily the easiest of schedules when you start San Francisco, Green Bay, Baltimore, Chicago, Minnesota, Cincinnati, the Rams, and Philly before your bye week. That's kind of a, a, that's a tough way to start a season for anybody, uh, especially, you know, a, a young wide receiver here. So with Jared Goff as his quarterback, you right. That doesn't help. I don't know if you knew that, uh, not, uh, not the greatest of, of quarterbacks, but over his last five weeks, his, his fewest points scored is 15.3. Uh, three of those weeks were between 23 and a half and 26. And then a massive blow up week this week against Seattle with 35.4, uh, that's, I mean, that's what you're chasing when you're looking for those those higher end wide receiver twos, even potentially your wide receiver ones. These these types of numbers, these 22s, 24s, 26s, are pretty much the baseline for like a Devonte Adams. Uh, that's that's just what you see every single week. And if we can see this consistently, regardless of the quarterback uh, from St. Brown, it's going to be he's going to launch up the the rankings. I think he's probably already cruising past. A lot of these guys, I don't think I have him up there with like the Waddles yet. He's definitely not with DK at this point, but I think, I think he's getting there. I, I genuinely do. Even though, you know, Detroit's Detroit. It is what it is. Obviously you have a highly ranked Swift uh, quarterback position is really tough. You still have highly ranked Hawkinson. One of these guys probably isn't going to get all that they need or all that they deserve to, to hold their dynasty ranking. So uh, I I'm a little bit slower to jump on this only because of it being Detroit. All three of these guys are healthy. Someone's going to be left out more than likely. And, uh, I, I, I fear that it's probably going to be St. Brown on a consistent basis. I feel like Hawkinson has the more likelihood to be kind of that number one target for his, his very mediocre and or terrible quarterback, depending on if they stick with golf or go quarterback in the first round this year. Um, that, that all being said, I, I do think St. Brown is very good. Uh, the best St. Brown in the family, if I may add, aside from maybe his dad, who was an Olympic, uh, gold medalist, I think, um, I believe his I, mom I, was too. <laughs> yes. Both mom and dad were both Olympic, uh, definitely Olympians. I don't know if both won gold or if it was just the mom or, or who it was, but yeah, that's an impressive, that's an impressive bloodline, uh, to say the very, very least. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how high he gets. I, I would think I mean, the, answer, be, the answer is the answer is he's going to be too high. He's going he's going to be like I a mean, fifth round startup pick. Is this going to be the Brandon Ayuk deal, or are we thinking more like like a Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton type ranking? Because Ayuk was getting in like almost wide receiver one ranks after the end of last sure, year. Sure, yeah, no, he was a, Ayuk was like round like four or five, and Sutton Judy were seven eight. And I, I think that he's going to get closer to four or five because people are, are that excited about him. Um, I'm probably not buying at that price tag, but I, I'm 
I'm not buying the price tag, but also acknowledging that I could probably get, you know, burned on, on that. You know, I think he could end up being a value. It's just that the floor of the day three wide receiver is just so low. And you mentioned like, there's just nothing else in that offense. Like how much of this success is just being the only show in town. Um, the Lions are one of the stories of the offseason. Like, are they going to draft a quarterback? And then if they draft a quarterback, are they then going to, you know, use a second or third round pick on a wide receiver? You know, they're not going to go into the season with Amon Ross St. Brown and Khalif Raymond. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what they do at the wide receiver position. Um, but, you know, there's definitely ways for Amon Ross to play his way into being the, the Lions long-term wide receiver one. And, you know, if they select the quarterback correctly, that could be a positive thing. Yeah, and I mean they they're kind of got the start of of a decent offense, especially with Swift and and Hawkinson if he can stay healthy. Obviously now you have Amonar St. Brown. Uh, whoever the quarterback's going to be is is definitely going to have some targets, but I, I think this team is most likely going to be adding to defense, adding to offensive line, trying to build around whoever, whether it's Goff or if they go first round QB. Uh, maybe they wait. Maybe they think this team is still a couple of years away from really having a chance to win some games, and they just stick with Goff and try to add other positions and get ready for a rookie QB to come in and not just get, get you know completely obliterated, not go Joey Harrington on the bit again and, and going through that whole mess. So um, I think there's going to be a, a short-term high-volume potential for the Detroit Lions because – they're pretty consistently behind in games. And even when they, even when it's close, it seems like it's kind of always just a throw, just throw, 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 throw. So um, I've, I think we've got to probably have St. Brown in that wide receiver two area. My question is, is how high are we going? Nathan, if you're rebuilding, are you taking St. Brown over say Mike Evans? Are you taking him over Keenan Allen? yes and no like i don't i mean i don't know what i mean that depends on like what rebuilding means um but i do think that like if we're looking at it this way who's going to score more points over the next four years i think that it's close between st brown and evans but i think that evans has a much much higher floor over the next two years for sure Without without question, his the, the short term value of somebody that's going to be sliding out of wide receiver one ranks as some of these younger guys get up or or maybe some of the the twenty four to twenty six year old guys start to kind of come into their own and and realize these roles in these offenses. Will, I think we're going about to see a, a decent shift in the wide receiver ranks. You know, we've kind of already seen it. You've got pretty much your top four, maybe six uh that are all under like 24 and and you probably have six or eight of your top 10 that are in that same age category you know the only guys that are really going to be up there probably Adams and Hill uh maybe Cooper Cup if you want to consider him part of that elite group obviously he's been scoring like gangbusters but this this youth swing in, in wide receivers has been very impressive over the last couple of years and and uh, I think St. Brown can be a part of that. We just need a little more consistency, obviously, um, having Jared Goff and being a Detroit Lion and, and starting with the schedule that he started with. Not all really things that bode well for a young wide receiver, but it seems as though he figured it out towards the end of the season. And like you mentioned, it could have been just a case of 
he was the only guy there. He was the only one worthy of getting a target, but uh, he looked pretty darn good doing it. So I think we see a, a not necessarily a massive rise for Amon Ross St. Brown, but I, I do think we get him uh, in that top 24 range pretty comfortably, actually. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right. Well, one thing I like about Rotoviz and Rotoviz tools is it helps us predict the future. It, look, it looks at past results. We have the fantasy points summary and the box score scout with some metrics. All these things help us try and figure out what's going to happen in football in the future. But there are some things that you can't really predict with a box score, can't predict with a metric. And before we talk about that, I want to talk about Rotoviz. So make sure you get your tools. It's Roto, it's prime Rotoviz time. It's the off season from a fantasy perspective, and you got to get your Rotoviz on. So go to uh, RV Radio 2021. Oh, is the pro- do you, I mean, Dan, this is a live read here. <laughs> do you think the, Do you think the promo code is RV Radio 2021 or RV Radio 22? What, what do you think? I think I'm pretty sure it's still 2021 until we get our update. I'm, I'm pretty sure. If not, well, try the other version. Try, Hopefully, one of yeah. them works. I know that you want your 10% discount. Try both, and one of them will work. Uh, well, maybe both work, and you get 20%. Thoughts? Oh, I've, hold on. Hold on. We're on the Rotoviz part. I I wrote this in the in the notes, and I forgot to mention it. Dan, do you know that um, we're the only Rotoviz podcasters that aren't rich? Did you know that? Named rich or, or like, lucratively rich? Lucratively rich. Uh, well, yeah. No, I, I would have so, guessed that. So, so um, the Rotoviz team, um, uh, one of our writers won uh, the first place in an FFPC tournament for $100,000. Then Colm and uh, Sean Siegel won second place in that same tournament for $25,000. And then uh, Curtis Patrick won five grand in an underdog best ball tournament. So uh, they all have more money than us. Uh, how does that feel? I mean, I won $35 in a daily lineup, so... <laughs> I mean, you know, 25K, 100K, $35. 
it's all you know it's all relative but congrats to all those guys uh you did awesome um we wish we were uh alongside you on that on those winnings all right anyways i i started off this ad slash transition talking about things that you can't predict you can't really predict with the box <laughs> score what happened with antonio brown this weekend it's still kind of unclear that there's a he said, he said with what happened in terms of an injury or not an injury. Point being, Antonio Brown is no longer a Buccaneer. Um, so we'll start with the A-B side of this. Does A-B ever play football again? Okay, first off, you, you say like this was such a shock. This was absolutely, and it's probably higher no, no, on the no. list okay, of can, outcomes You can predict Antonio it with other, with other things. You can predict it with <laughs> other things, but not with... <laughs> There is for sure a metric for Antonio Brown that says, will he take his shirt off and dance his way out of a stadium mid-game? The answer is yes. He, he there's That option exists. It's it's probably in, in the higher tiers as well. So um, I don't know. I, I feel like that's the most Antonio Brown retirement possible. I, I, I feel like that's I, probably it for him. I don't want it to be it for him because – he is, he is fun to watch while he, he plays football, but um, I can't imagine many people are going to be putting up with these shenanigans, whether it was Oakland or, or you know, the, the Buffalo thing, or and I say Oakland, but Vegas. Yeah, he's just been a headache, it seems like, everywhere. And this is one of those types of guys where if you give him an inch, he'll take every mile that's available in front of him. So... Uh, Bruce Arians wasn't dealing with it anymore. Props to Bruce Arians for cutting the leash and just getting rid of this guy. Uh, but still a productive fantasy asset. Just who knows if he'll ever be yeah. on another team. I, I think that his one, the one thing that, like, granted, I've said like eight times in the last four years that Antonio Brown was done playing football. Um, but what makes you think this time is the last time is that Tom Brady was his last lifeline. And unless Tom Brady is like going to go back to new England or going to go play for someone other than Bruce Arians, I don't see them ever reuniting on a football field. So I, I think AB is done. Um, I probably will wait until like rookie draft season to, to, to release him off my rosters. Um, just cause I don't really need, need to, you know, release him before then. But I, I'm pretty sure that we've seen the last of Antonio Brown. Let's move on quickly to the Bucks side of this. Is there a guy that you're looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, the rest of the season throughout the playoff run, try and replace him? Is it Tyler Johnson, Sio Grayson, maybe some Brashad Perriman? Who do you think steps up in the AB slash Chris Goblin absence? And does there is there a dynasty impact? Which I, I kind of lean towards there is no dynasty impact, that n- none of them are going to matter long term. But is there something we can discern from, you know, the Bucks wide receiver core the rest of the year from a dynasty perspective? Well, for my own selfish reasons, I really hope that Tyler Johnson takes off his O.J. Howard jersey because he has fully gotten the O.J. Howard treatment from Bruce Arians and this offense. I think he's had like one game over like three targets when Chris Godwin hasn't been playing for who knows how long. Antonio Brown danced his way out of a stadium. Mike Evans hasn't been healthy. Gronk hasn't missed has missed games like Cameron Brait and Tyler Johnson are the only two players that have played like every game this season. Uh, and Tyler Johnson has nothing to show for it. So I really, I genuinely hope Tyler Johnson is going to see an uptick in, in volume and usage and snaps everything uh, because he was, 
he was kind of set and ready to be one of the best wide receivers in his class pre-injury. And now there's an outside chance he's he's not back to 100%. But it's been a couple of years. I don't know how that's that's even remotely possible. But yeah, I, I think I think Tyler Johnson probably has the most to gain uh, over this playoff stretch. You know, obviously Chris Godwin's still out. Antonio Brown gone. You know, they're they're going to lean on Gronk heavily. They're going to lean on Mike Evans heavily. I would assume this running game will, will probably see some more volume as well. But you know, Tom Brady uh, has always been. I mean, well, a he's the goat, but b he's always been able to make chicken salad out of chicken doo-doo so you know maybe he just keeps going to these other no names instead of tyler johnson because the uh, the defense is just honing in on the slot receiver or or they're taking away mike evans or they're taking away gronk i just feel like there's there's no way for tyler johnson not to be productive in a tom brady led offense where he should realistically be the second or third option as it stands so I'm going to keep my eyes up for Tyler Johnson. He's still on like every single one of my dynasty rosters. Uh, I don't think anybody else on this team, aside from Mike Evans and Gronk really should be seeing the football or really have any value in fantasy, uh, you know, for future. And my one takeaway is probably just to go and start buying Chris Godwin, just because he should be pretty darn cheap after this little stretch. People have probably forgotten about him at this point. So uh, if I'm, if I'm, ready to to contend in 2022 i think uh getting yourself some chris godwin's probably not a bad idea all right let's move on to uh the rams and matthew stafford they have not been as good of a football team as they were at the beginning of the season part of that might be playing better teams than the you know the bears the colts when they were bad um but matthew stafford hasn't scored 20 points in the last three weeks which is something he was doing on a regular basis uh, throughout the first part of the season, it's a little bit better than I was expecting when I, you know, went to the fantasy uh, fantasy points explorer or NFL stats explorer on Rotoviz. Um, he was basically the QB twelve overall in week fifteen, eight point seven points a QB three in, in week sixteen, and nineteen point four good for a QB two finish in a high scoring week seventeen. Do you think? Where are you at with Stafford? Do you think that it's more of the early season Stafford that we saw, or do you think we were over embellishing it because the Rams were such a better team than they are now? Like they were winning games so handily, and maybe that's that was tampering his or dampening his his stats at the beginning of the season. But he just hasn't been the same quarterback as he was at at, least, at the very least the midpoint of the season. I mean, we've kind of seen this before. We we've seen teams and we've seen the league figure out how to play Sean McVay. The first time it took a couple of years. This time it seems like probably took about half a season. Um, but teams are starting to figure out the Rams, even though Stafford has been pretty consistent for the most part. Obviously these last three weeks haven't been uh, the easiest or, or the highest scoring games, but uh, following the week 11 by, I mean, with Green Bay, Jacksonville and Arizona, his lowest scoring game out of those three was 26.4. Then he goes to Seattle, scores 18. Uh, down game with Minnesota. And then pretty much puts up 20 on Baltimore on 19.4. Close enough. Um, I I just feel like it's, it's the league figuring out McVay a little bit more. Obviously not having Robert Woods down this stretch 
really being limited to Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, that guy Cooper Cup, and what's a left bit, of Odell dash, Beckham. Dash of, a little dash of Odell. <laughs> a dash of Odell. Oh, dash Beckham. Um, you know, it, it's not the high-powered super offense that, that we've seen for the last however many years. You know, it, it's not the, the, the Todd Gurley Rams. It's, it's, it's different for sure, but they're still a pretty formidable offense. They're going to continue to be that, you know, Stafford's the QB six on the season in points, but he's 11 in points per game. So a little, you know, a little bit more of the, it's better to be available than, than anything. And, and, you know, Stafford's always been one of those guys that we've been able to lean on. He's always going to play a full season uh, for the most part. We've obviously, everybody has outliers, but uh, it's, he's just, he's Mr. Reliable, if you will. He's never going to cost a lot. He's always going to be there. He's always going to score like 20 points and just kind of be that guy. Um, I I don't think any this is bad for the Rams at all. Uh, I think they'll only get better. Obviously, first season, still trying to get acclimated with everybody. Obviously, the the rapport with Cooper Cup is second to none because now Matthew Stafford is going to be hosting two of the, if not the two top wide receiver seasons ever uh, when he did it with Calvin Johnson and now doing it with Cooper Cup. It's, it's it's hard to say anything negative about the Matthew Stafford Rams. So uh, I'm still on board with the Rams. I'm still on board with Stafford, regardless of the poor finish or maybe the poor midseason against some, some decent teams. I, I think this is going to be a, a superpower in the league for the next few years. Yeah, and obviously contending with the, basically the Packers and the Bucks as long as those two quarterbacks stay in those two places. Speaking of quarterbacks going places, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, it, I, it's so weird. They keep on talking about Ben Roethlisberger's last games in Pittsburgh. Like his last game in Pittsburgh is not also his last <laughs> games. Like It's like he's ending his career as a Steeler. Like, no, he's ending his career. And he's a stealer. Like I'm, I'm so like. There's nobody. I, I, I will, you know, eat my words when it happens. But there is nobody who is signing Ben Roethlisberger to a contract other than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so we're assuming a non-Ben Roethlisberger world in Pittsburgh. Chase Claypool has not had the sophomore season that many were expecting. Deontay Johnson is basically, you know, becoming what we thought with Dante, Devontae Adams, where he had the rough start to his career with, you know, efficiency stats. And there's a reason that you keep on going over and over and over and using these guys because they know that when it pops, it's going to pop. And Deontay Johnson, for all intents and purposes, popped with the joke of Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. So I'm I'm done trying to poo-poo the efficiency stats with Deontay Johnson. He's officially, you know, I'm sure we'll do rankings in January. He's officially a top 12 dynasty wide receiver for me. I think that he will only flourish when he gets a quarterback not named Roethlisberger. If he gets a quarterback named named uh, Russell Wilson, he will look like Tyler Lockett in his prime. Yeah, I mean, if if like like you said, if he can get himself a, a quarterback that can throw the ball, you know, further than eight yards down the field, this whole offense is going to look very different. Yeah, we would all expect, I think, Juju uh, to be moving on. Uh, that that should provide every opportunity for Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool to be the one and two. And and 
I would assume they're still going to be drafting a wide receiver in the second or the third round. They'll be very relevant. They'll be a problem. They'll eat into people's volume. The the thing is, is, is with Deontay, he's gotten so many targets so early now in his career that it's inevitable he continues to get these large numbers because whoever the wide receiver one is in Pittsburgh or whoever's a top two wide receiver in Pittsburgh pretty much guarantees you that you're going to get just tons and tons of targets. You know, we, as we've seen kind of the, the rapid decline of Ben Roethlisberger, those, those numbers and and those target shares have been less consistent, but the way the Pittsburgh Steelers are built, they're built to throw the ball like that. They're built to run, but they're also going to be high volume. That's how they play. So Deontay, I, I think you're right, Nathan. I think he's definitely a top 10 wide receiver. Um, definitely a wide receiver one. I don't know how you push him out. Uh, Claypool, I think, was always a little bit too high for my taste. Felt a lot more like Mike Williams, a lot less like Mike Evans. And um, it, it's it's an interesting spot because I think Najee's probably, what, RB two, three, four, something like that. Just kind of depends on how you feel about, you know, uh, McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook, Kamara, Nick Chubb, you know, the, yeah. the kind of and second we, contract guys. Yeah, and we, we talk about, like, good volume versus bad volume. I do think Najee is going to lose some volume once they get a more competent passer, which is almost going to be anybody outside of, like, a Tim Boyle. Once they get a more competent passer than Roethlisberger, they're going to decrease the rushing volume, but that's going to increase his receiving volume for Najee Harris. And also instead of averaging like 4.4 yards per carry, he might be looking like 5.6. Yeah. I, I, I do think that he'll definitely get more efficient with a better quarterback, but his, his per touch, you know, production is, is going to be better. Like you said, instead of, instead of having 315 carries, maybe he gets 250 carries, but now he's got a hundred targets something like that. You know, it. I think the sky's the limit for this offense, assuming they can find a quarterback that is at the very least average because Ben Roethlisberger has not been even average. Uh, he, he's been pretty darn bad for a while now. So um, I, I think Deontay Johnson by name and, and maybe, maybe by because Ben Roethlisberger has been his quarterback has been undervalued. He, he's a tough buy, I feel like. I think for the most part, the owner that wanted him and the owner that loved him originally is the owner that does still have them. But, you know, I guess there's an outside chance. He, he's still being a little bit undervalued. Uh, he's something like the wide receiver eight in points per game this season. And, and he's just honestly been impressive. You know, the, the drops are probably always going to be a thing. But when you're getting targeted 150 times a season or, or 150 plus, you're going to be dropping footballs. It's just how it is. I, I just hope that we see a real quarterback here and uh, I, I would like to see this offense blossom. I'm not sure that Chase Claypool is locked in as the wide receiver too. I feel like he is more your boom bust guy, more your, your deep threat kind of, of player. I think they'll look for a more consistent option, you know, over the middle or underneath or, or wherever. Well, if, if they're going to trade for Russell Wilson, just bring Lockett too. like a Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, Deontay Johnson offense would be nasty. <laughs> That would probably open up everything for Pat Fairmouth underneath. <laughs> and we could see a, t- a tight end one, two wide receiver ones, and an RB one coming out of one offense. All righty, Dan. Any last words before we head out? No, it's an interesting season. Uh, appreciate everybody listening and sticking with us throughout. 
as we uh you know kind of go through the ringer and try to figure out the content we're going to do every single every single week uh we'll continue to be here uh, obviously with the the season ending and the playoffs beginning we're still going to be here doing this we're going to try to come up with as much as we possibly can get get through the the off season with you uh trying to to help you on the way to making some championship teams but also to keep you entertained as best we can and also rotoviz tools if you have a rotoviz tool that you've seen that you don't understand you don't know what i use let us know and if you even better if you know who made the made made the tool or uses the tool a lot we'd love to have them on the podcast you know we we have their emails. <laughs> so uh, if there's a, a Rotovis tool uh, that you would like us to talk about to go a little bit more in depth on, um, just let us know and we'll we'll definitely hit on that in the offseason. Or if there's show topics, just generally speaking, you want to you want to hear more about certain players or positions or how to build a roster, what you should be doing when you're trading, how to how to target free agency, uh, all sorts of different stuff. I mean, we're we're happy to to talk about whatever you want to hear about uh, that's that's what we're here for so uh if you have ideas or you, you have thoughts that you want to share with us hit us up on twitter send us send us a message you know add us whatever you want to do um we're always open to ideas and and you know constructive criticism don't tell me i'm an idiot i, I already know that thank you um we'll, we'll we'll work on what we can work on there's no fixing that i'm an idiot so uh again thank you all for being here listening to us through a, another NFL season. It's always a blast. I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to talk to uh, one of my very good friends, not even internet friend, very good real life friend, <laughs> Mr. Nathan Powell, uh, every single week. So, uh, And I'll, we have a really good editor too, Justin Peake. He's uh, he's an awesome dude and an even better editor. Absolutely. I, would, I echo everything Dan just said, except for Dan, saying nice things about Dan. All right. <laughs> that oh, come on. <laughs> All right, that should wrap us up for this week. We'll be back next week. Uh, yep, see you next week. Kadoo! <laughs>